At the age of 14, an oracle speaks into your ear and tells you you're here on purpose. Later in life, you've used your unique gifts to climb the corporate ladder and you suffer what feels like a heart attack. In that instant, you realize this is it. My guest today is Leah Dunlop and she is the oracle on purpose on a mission to help clients live a life of fulfillment and purpose. Welcome to our show. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Off My Duff is all about getting off your backside and finally, making your impact by living your truth. If you are an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you're in the right place. We chat with guests from seven figures to just starting out because that's how we roll. Off My Duff is the nudge you need to expand your business and slay resistance. So without further ado, I invite you to get off your duff and let's get started. Now, here's your host, Duff Gardner. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome today to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside, going out there and making your impact in the world. And I'm very excited to have a fabulous guest in today's episode, someone who I've been friends with for a little while now. And her name is Leah Dunlop, and she is the Oracle on Purpose. Leah, welcome to our show today. Thanks so much for having me, Duff. I'm glad we get to have this great time to talk together today. Oh my gosh, so fabulous. Um, so now, we tell me a little bit about your story. We were talking offline and... Um, now you're from Portland. We were talking a little bit about Portland and you're, you're safe and everything's good in Portland. Everything's fabulous. And Portland's a great festival city and we share that common bond. I live in Victoria. Um, so how are things going for you in Portland today? The good news is right now today in Portland, it's really um, calm. Today is a good day. And I, we were sharing that, you know, a lot of people look at us from the outside and the news says one thing, but I'd like to say that the majority of Portland is in are really good hands. People are really committed to showing up and making a difference in a peaceful and powerful way. Yeah. And um, right now we're, we're just sitting out some smoke from the fires that I know, you know, are going around. Yes. Um, and hopefully that will all clear up uh, soon. And until then, you know, we've just kind of extended our indoor stay like a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I love Portland because of the community of people that we have here. I've moved here um, probably now it's been uh, 12 years ago wow. and, um, and we really love it. It's a little gem on the West coast in the Pacific Northwest that um, is really beautiful and full of all things. Like you said, very festival, very, very um, neighborly. There's lots of neighborhoods. So it's a really beautiful place and I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, I love Portland too. I've been there a few times and it's it's amazing. And your coffee is great. Festivals are great and it's a beautiful city. Um, so I'm excited to have you because um, we're, you know, one of the things you talked about just before we came on the air is that you work with a type of client who you say is addicted to accolades. And I was interested when you said that. That was kind of an interesting thing. Can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. Yeah. When I work with a lot of clients that are leaders who are either in the professional field, working in like CEO spaces and suites, 
and or um, they're entrepreneurs, but they're new entrepreneurs. And what one thing that they have in common that can keep them stuck from really kind of embracing their unique life purpose is what I'm helping them focus on yeah. is this idea that they're looking for the accolades of others to keep them um, sustained, right? So they get kind of addicted to the idea that if someone tells them what they do is good, then that's good enough. And because of that, their true genius, their true power and purpose is being unfulfilled. So they have this strange experience oftentimes of feeling like, even though from the outside, people might say they're making a lot of money or they're, they're in a really good position or they should be really excited about all the work they're doing because it's making such a difference. For them, they feel as if their true calling is kind of dying inside of them. And, and part of that is that, that need for others to approve of, of the kind of normalcy of what they're doing, right? Like they're, they're checking off boxes that right. people appreciate and they, you know, they feel like it's, um, they're supposed to have X, Y, Z. And yet really in their heart of hearts, if they were to live their true freest life, it would look completely different. Right. And the thought is that they kind of get stuck um, by being addicted to knowing that they can be in a safe place to get that accolade, get that hit, if you will, from being acknowledged for the work that is really easy for them, but not really true to who they are. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we all are aware of the, the change in the workplace. People are more virtual. Uh, I think there's new projections about the number of virtual uh, people going forward in the corporate realm. A lot of people are not going to go back to a physical place for a little while. So I'm, I'm interested in if, you, if that's something you've thought about, or if that's something you're seeing with your clients today, where they're facing those kinds of things and how that kind of relates to what you just said. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that I noticed right when um, things shifted and people had to come and work from home more often on twofold, one was just, when someone said, I, in fact, I mentioned this in one of my own um, uh, Facebook lives one day was, if you heard on Thursday or Friday that you didn't have to come back to work on Monday and you actually in secretly were excited not to have to go back to that job, right. then it's a pretty good indicator that that might not be a good fit for you. And what I see um, the people that are coming to work with me are those people. They're the ones who said, wow, once I got home and I wasn't in that environment anymore, and like we just said, wasn't getting that constant hit of dopamine, if you will, around doing a good job and getting the pats on the back and, and everyone around them in that kind of hive mind saying what they were doing was right and good and true. Yeah. And they had to kind of be their own um you know, cheerleader, sure. they could see like, that's not really what's making me happy. That's not really what's making me feel fulfilled. And so part of that is what I saw is people either looking for other alternatives to what they were doing. Yeah. Either because they were forced into it or because in the move, they made that decision or really I've seen, and I think we are seeing this play out yeah. um, a lot more people looking at the entrepreneurial endeavors, you know, things that they can do on their own to create their own magic in the world. Right. And so I see a little bit of both, but primarily even with people that were in, you know, like I said, C-suite positions, coming home, being at home and working from home full time shifted how they saw what, what work really was right. and the value of what that was and what they offered. 
Huh. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? How the workplace is changing and how people's relationship to their work is changing. So it's, it's fascinating. And you have a really interesting story about how you came to be Oracle on purpose. Um, in fact, it started when you were 14 years old, when you had an out-of-body experience. That was a great story to hear. Would you mind telling our listeners about that? Absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up in an environment I was adopted, so I was um, a little different than my family already, but I grew up being able to hear and see and know things about people that I shouldn't have known in my early age. And so when my family saw that, um, they really tried to put a damper on it. But at 14 years old, after a very traumatic breakup with my first true love, I was in my own room at night and suddenly I felt like I wasn't alone anymore. Wow. And I rolled over in my bed and I saw sitting across from me, this full body apparition. It was a man sitting on my desk, arms crossed, just staring at me calmly. And instead of being panicked, I recognized what I was seeing was real. And I heard the voice of the Oracle speaking into my ear, telling me I was going to be okay. And that I was here on purpose. And what were the words that came is you are here on purpose. And what I recognized in the word you wasn't just me, but that each of us in humanity, all people are here on purpose. And I took that forward, that, that download, that experience that I had filled me up and it calmed me. And I went back to bed and I went back into the world the next day in my school. And I started to recognize that I could really step into knowing things about people. And when I did, it helped them. And so I started telling my friends, you know, answering questions, giving them insights. And they started to get great results from the information I was providing them until they told their friends and like the story goes and who told two friends and told two friends and suddenly strangers were searching me out during my school day to wow. ask me questions and get guidance. And that's when I really understood that, I, that this was a gift I had to offer and that it was there on purpose for them so that I could really help them. And, um, you know, with many things that, you know, in our teenage years, you know, there's that resistance, there's that challenge that happens. Sure. And my family not understanding me wanted me to, you know, go to school, go to college, do all these things. And that's kind of the road I took. I went off on that, that road to be a dutiful child, you know, <laughs> of my parents. Um, and I kind of climbed in that box and tried to, tried to ride that out. But I couldn't deny the insights I was getting. They didn't stop. And so I started to climb this corporate ladder like crazy, like around people that were just like, how did you get that job? How did you land that opportunity? It's just, I just knew answers to questions that people asked. And they saw me as this gift to their business, this gift to their organization. And so they kept promoting me and I kept getting promoted, even though I didn't even necessarily want to. And during that whole time, I was trying to like build this other life on the other side, if you will, of um, working with people and being a coach and a healer and, a, and the Oracle. Um, and I did that for a long time before I finally reached a point in my life where I had to, I had to take a leap. Yeah. Um, I think it's fascinating that at such an early age, you got that this was your gift. You know, like I think that happens to a lot of people who we, we kind of know that this is what we're good at and we kind of suppress it because there's a little voice inside of us that says, be reasonable do what you're supposed to do. And, and, and clearly that's what took you up the corporate ladder. But I think you described it earlier saying you were closeted in the corporate world. I was. So what, yeah. that, what was that experience like to you? 
Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really interesting because even though I was having these experiences where I was making these bold moves, you know, um, with my career, um, I never really explained to people how I knew what I knew, right? Because that didn't seem like anybody would really A, believe it, to be honest, or B, appreciate it. Like there's this idea that um, it wasn't safe to really be a whole person, Right. Um, and to have that out there, it would somehow demean who I was and, and, and the gifts and the talents that I did bring to the table. So I did. I kept it all in. And I spent a lot of time and energy, to be fair, to try to make those insights work. You know, right. I could be in a conversation with somebody, know the answer to the solution that we're, that we're all looking for. And I'd have to weave it into the conversation just to get them to say the answer so we could move forward. Right. So, I mean. Wow. Instead of just coming out and saying, we need to call Dan to talk to Dan because he's got the truck that will help us move that shipment from point A to point B, I would say things like, I wonder if there's someone we have worked with before that might be able to help us with that. And people would sit around and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, like, you know, what about that guy? Wasn't that a guy named Stan or something? And then like, somebody would say, Dan, I'm like, yeah, that guy. I'm like, did he say you had a truck? You know, like, so this would go on all very the time. Sneaky, very sneaky. <laughs> yeah, but it was also very draining because, I mean, sure. how great would it have just been to sit down at their table and say, look, here's what you got to do. You got to call Dan. He's got a truck. He's going to help you get from point A to point B. We're done. Meeting over. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, um, and now that's today, that's the life I have. Like with my clients, that's the tack it would take. It's like, okay, so here's what I'm getting. We need to do this. We need to do that. That will get you where you need to go next. And then we keep moving through that process. So it does allow for some efficiency and some speed. And I think it can be that easy, but we have to recognize that we are not just machines. Like we are these whole people and people have gifts and talents that they're not really tapping into. Absolutely. Uh, so I think what happened right after that is you got into hypnotherapy and started going down that path. Um, but maybe there's there's more to the story than that. Right. So I I couldn't not have this gift. Like I don't turn it off. I don't know. That's just not how it works for me. Right. And um, I don't know if that's because I it, it came so openly when I was 14 that it just felt natural to me. But sure. what happened was when I went into the corporate world and started doing that work, there was a big part of me that wasn't fulfilled and I knew it. And so I went to go find a way for me to do use this part of my gift. Got it. And what I found was hypnotherapy. And the beauty of hypnotherapy was that I could still share my gift. I mean, I could be more direct. All I had to do was put somebody on, under hypnosis and then share the insight and they would get the insight and they'd go off and get amazing results. Wow. And so I still though, sadly for a long time, kept the true the true power of the work that I was doing under wraps because people had accepted, again, it goes back to acceptance, right? People had accepted that hypnotherapy was a tool that you could use to quit smoking, to change your life, to, you know, to manage, um, you know, anxiety, all these things. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I can take care of that. And so when I did, I was helping them actually transform their whole lives. And they were like, wow, I just came in to quit smoking, but now my relationships are better. (laughs) And I have all these great tools and resources or my life is better because I've changed jobs. And I'm like, great, good. Everybody's happy. I'm happy. We're happy. But the truth is there's a, like that last moment where I had to really cross the, cross the threshold and accept that, you know, more of me could be given when I gave it more freely and openly. Right. 
Yeah. And I think that's a struggle with a lot of us have is just allowing our gifts to shine, you know, and allow that unique part of us to shine. Like, I think it's such a huge thing in the, the, the space that we occupy. Um, you know, a, a lot of us who struggle, we fall into the sort of the, what do you want to call it? The, um, uh, the trap of sameness, you know, we want to, we want to compare ourselves to others because we're trying to sort it out. But what that, what happens is it's kind of just what you said, you know, you tend to suppress your gift. So it's, it's cool that you did that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like homogenization, right? It's like, we, yeah. we're not meant to be homogenized. Like no. if that were the case, there would only be one of us. <laughs> like we don't need all these people right? unless there's a reason for it. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, right? right? I mean, hey, I don't know, but it seems kind of like a waste of space if we're all just here to do the same very, very same thing in the very same way. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, I like to call, you know, with the work that I do is helping people to understand what their unique life purpose is. And I say the unique is the biggest part of it. It is something that's so inherently yours that only you can give it. Yeah. Absolutely. You have a pretty profound story too, because you were driving down the road and something happened to you. I think it was back in 2009. Do you want to tell the story of, um, of what the universe gave you? Yes. You know, it's one of those beautiful moments in life when you, especially reflecting back, yeah. you can really see a two by four moment coming and that's yeah. what happened. It was like, I had been again, working in the corporate world, and doing my, my workshops and things with women's retreats on the side sure. for years. And at this particular junction, I was working in a corporate sales job in, in the Portland area and having to travel to Vancouver, Washington um, to check in with my boss every day at the end of the day. And as I was driving through rush hour traffic in the heat and, and the top end of rush hour traffic, um, all of a sudden I had a sharp pain in my left shoulder and my arm, I, I could hardly catch my breath and I started to sweat and I was like halfway across the bridge and I just kept going I went all the way for another 15 miles to the office stood in front of my boss's glass doored office waiting to go in completely pale and he looked at me waved me in and I walked in and said to him I think I'm having a heart attack and he gasped and said get out of here and so I, I literally went there to ask to go to the hospital. And so I drove to the hospital, stopped and got my husband, who was not happy that I did all of that. And I drove to the hospital and turned out, luckily, that it wasn't a heart attack, but it, there was some severe um, things going on that I had to take care of. And while I was recovering, I realized, like, I literally almost lost my life just to keep up this facade that I could live in these two worlds. And it was like, this is not what you're meant to be doing. And again, you know, my boss sent me a text on the way I was supposed to go back to work, sent me a text about all the things are on my desk to do when I get back. And I replied, I'm not coming back. And I chucked my phone across the room because I couldn't believe I just like quit my job with, with nothing. And the reason I did was because the voice said to me, it's time, you have to stop living a lie. It's enough. And, and, and I knew right then that's like, that was it. I wasn't going back and I haven't in, you know, now 11 years, almost 12 years have not worked for anybody else have completely um, taken hold of the work that I do as the Oracle and helping people really look at what their purpose is and how to build a life and a business or work that is aligned with it. So they can really feel fulfilled 
and that they're living a significant life that they really want to be living. Wow. Uh, that, that's incredible. Uh, yeah. And so now you're, you're Oracle on purpose. And um, I actually wanted to mention something just before I forget, you have something that people can go and check out, which is the um, purpose and prosperity roadmap. Yes. So I want to, I want to mention that before I forget, we're going to put it in the show notes, but you can go to purpose and prosperity roadmap.com to get that. And what's, what's that all about? Leah? Well, this is the thing that I, that when I got, when I got free from the court, when I became a corporate expat, as I like to say, yeah, I realized I wasn't the only one. Right. I mean, like we just said, like everybody has some gifts and there are certainly people that are walking around in the corporate mail who, who are looking for the opportunity to really be seen and heard for who they are. And what I realized was I didn't really like the way that I did it. I mean, honestly, that's not the way I want people to have to do it. And I also recognized that there were signs all along the way that it was time for me to move on, but I never took advantage of them. So what I've done is I've created um, a, basically it's just a pamphlet that you can walk through. It walks you through these five stages of things that are going on that are indicators, but not just indicators, but what you can do about them so that you can make a roadmap to oh, your great. success, whatever that looks like. Like you can That's actually, cool. you know, create a plan to leave if you need to. Um, and basically it walks you through that process to say, is it time? If so, what are the steps you need to take to make sure you can do it successfully and, and you know, and with purpose and with intention. Wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. So go check that out. Purposeandprosperityroadmap.com. Uh, now we also had this great story you were telling me about outing yourself as an Oracle. Oh gosh. That's, that's the, that is one of my favorite things, because um, nowadays I always say, if you sit with me at lunch or dinner or somewhere, we're having cocktails or when we get back to networking again, I always let people know I need permission to blurt. And this is why, <laughs> this is it. why, because when I had finally made the decision to really start moving into creating my real work myself, yeah. I knew that part of what I needed to do was like speak. Cause that's what I do. Like the Oracle gift is usually very vocal. Sure. Um, and so I went to a speaking uh, retreat, a speaker's retreat, and I was going to learn how to get my spiel out there. And while I was there, another woman who was um, at the retreat with me was practicing her talk that she was going to be giving. And she was really stiff. And she, and, and the person who was leading the retreat was really trying to get her to kind of loosen up and move. And I was watching, we were all kind of sitting around watching um, together with her. And all of a sudden I blurted, what's that blue thing on your ankle? And I thought I'd said it in my head, of course, because I often have these little insights and everybody turned and looked at me and I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But luckily the woman leading the retreat was like, no, no, let's hear more about what that is. And so I said, well, sometimes I see things, I know things, it's no big deal. And she's like, no, no, tell me what you saw. And so I told her and the woman that was up there, her face fell open and she just like mouth agape said, oh my God, wow. when I was little, they used to tie me to a chair because I wouldn't sit still. And people just gasped in the room. And then I said, oh. And then the person that was running the retreat said, okay, I want you to get out of here. Get your shoes off, run around the room, run around the pool in the place where we were and come sure. back and then give your speech. And so she did and she came back and she, she was fluid, her arms were moving, she was smiling, she was open. And the woman leading the retreat turned and looked at me and said, okay, no more, no more keeping that stuff to yourself. And, and so that's, that's the key to me is knowing at that moment that even though it doesn't make sense to me, um, 
I know that the, that the insights or the words or the questions that come to me for someone else are exactly what they need to hear at that exact time right. to have their own breakthrough. And so it was really beautiful. And that whole weekend I got to really nice. uh, play full out. And after that, I knew I couldn't go back to keeping it to myself. And so the Oracle was put full front of everything. Um, the clients I had at the time, I went, I, I, like you said, I came out of the closet with them and said, hey, by the way. And what was beautiful about that was everyone in my current group said, oh, that makes so much sense now. And it, it was like, because I would ask them questions like, how did you know to ask me that? And I'm like, that's how I knew. So it was really beautiful. It was a really wonderful experience. And it's helped me to know that that efficiency, which I love, is even better when I just bring all of me to the table. Oh, my gosh. I have a question I like to ask all my guests. It's kind of a fun one. And there's this topic that always comes up, uh, a word that always comes up. Uh, and that word is resistance. So I, I, I love to hear people's response to the question, like, what's your relationship to the word resistance in terms of how you deal with your clients and what have you? And, and even in growing your business, what does that word mean to you? Oh, so that's a great question, Duff. I love that. Um, you know, it's interesting, like resistance, there's a couple of ways. I, I guess to say how I work with clients that come up with resistance yes. is um, I like to call myself the mama bear. Like okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hold space to nudge people up, you know, a little bit if they need to. But I also understand that there needs to be protection when people are in resistance. They need to feel safe right. to fall apart. And that usually, to me, that's what resistance is about. It's the resistance to thinking you're going to fall apart. If you give in to the emotion, if you give in to the fear, if you give in to the anxiety or the upset that's coming through you, then, then on the other side is the breakthrough. I like to say tears are the lubrication for the transformation. So when I see someone coming to tears, I know that that kind of resistance just requires really strong, solid support. And that's when I feel like I get into my mother bear, like, don't worry, I got you. Love it. All of this is safe. Whatever you say, whatever is ugly. And I, and like I said, when I, I started when I was young, when I was 14, I had people telling me their deepest, darkest secrets because they somehow knew they could. And they could. And I've been doing this for long enough to know that that kind of space is not only sacred, but it's, it's powerful for both people. I'm honored to do that. And I love to see people who have that resistance because on the other side of it is the release. And, and so to me, that's what it means when I'm working with clients. And to be fair, you know, I can't, I can't lie. I have my own sense of resistance, but it's funny when I have resistance, I have an oracle on my shoulder going, huh, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm just going to pout. I'm going to have a fit. I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm not. And then she's like, okay, well, so this is what's going to happen next if you do that, you know? So I, I have this really interesting dance with it. Like I can, I can see it and, and almost from two places, two positions. Um, and yet I like to tell people, but I'm still a human being. So sometimes I dig into my heels in too. <laughs> and I just act like this is just how I'm going to be. And, and then I, I, I kind of feel like she just waits to be like, okay, well, when you're ready, call back. Like <laughs> you're so back If that's where you're going to be, uh, you don't need to be that way. But too great. Yeah. Wonderful. What a great answer. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, this is an entrepreneur podcast too. And so I love to hear people's insights. So you've, you've been in business for a long time now 
And um, so if you were to package up your insight, your number one insight in business as a business owner uh, to convey to others, what would that be, Leo? Never give up. Never give up. If you've got something inside of you that you really are meant to deliver, the world needs it from you. And, you know, that might look like needing to get support, needing to take a break. But if you're truly aligned with who you are and what you're doing, nothing matters more than delivering it. And so there's lots to do. There's lots of ways for it to come about. Support is always really a big part of that. And I think that's part of like understanding like the never give up doesn't mean never change direction, by the way. Right. It means know that the place you're going is meant to already be. And the way you get there can change along that path. But ultimately, if you never give up on that ultimate vision of what you're trying to create, it will come. It Wonderful. Will come. Wonderful. Oh my gosh, it's been so much fun to talk to you. Um, we got to do this again sometime. It's just fabulous. Yeah. I almost think that you already knew that though, but you know, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did you get on this podcast anyway? Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Uh, no, it was so fabulous to talk to you today, man. You're such an interesting guest. So thank you so much for being on the episode. Oh, thank you, Def. This has been so much fun. I love the questions and I'm really glad to start. You got me thinking about resistance now too. It's like, like I, I love that question. I think that that's something that people as a whole, especially entrepreneurs come across so often in so many different flavors. So right. it's a really great um, teaser into like playing after this of like, what, what can I do to help people with resistance and, and to recognize that as a part of the process. Love it. Love it. And, and so I wanted to make, so thank you so much, Leah. It's wonderful to have you on the show. Um, amazing work that you're doing and you should check out uh, Leah's social media too. Um, just amazing work you're doing there on all your platforms. So uh, check her out there. You can check her out at oracleonpurpose.com. And remember uh, to go to purposeandprosperityroadmap.com. And there's a free gift there that uh, we spoke about in the episode, right? So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, Leah, thank you so much again. Thanks for showing up on uh, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur podcast. And uh, to all my guests who came today to, to listen to today's episode, thank you once again for, for being here with us. And so as you go, to, go out into the world to make your impact, make sure that you do this for me. And that is to teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. We'll see you next time. Bye now. Hey everyone, I'm Duff Gardner, and you've been listening to my show, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making your impact by living your truth. If you're like me and you're an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you need an offer that sells. An offer that sells helps you get traction with your business, more sales, more clients, more gigs, more fans, and more deals, period. And here's what I believe. Your offer is the purest expression of your truth so that's why I've created a free ebook, Offers That Sell, the eight-step revenue breakthrough system. Simply go to offersthatsell.com forward slash book to grab your free copy, and you can even follow it up with a chat with me, should you wish. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. And as you get off your backside to make your impact on the world, remember one thing, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now.